Today, we're discussing efficient management of enterprise-wide data protection. Joining us today as an expert on this topic, Nate Brady, Enterprise Architect at Sky High Security. Nate, welcome. Hey, thanks, Cal. I appreciate uh, you inviting me here today. A absolutely. I, I think this is going to be a great uh, discussion on this topic. So when it comes to enterprise data, what do organizations need to protect and where do they need to protect it? Well, you know, as we all know, Cal, that like every organization today is data driven. You know, we use data intensively to drive our businesses. You know, we want to understand, we use it to understand what our customers want to buy, you know, how to market to them, uh, how to, you know, run our operations efficiently, keep our prices down, we use it for budgeting, hiring, you know, inventory, supply chain. So, you know, you hear people say things like, you know, data is, you know, the new oil, and in some ways that's true, um, but I wouldn't say this is like oil in the ground. Data is like oil you know, in a car. It just keeps everything running smoothly and efficiently. Um, so to do that, you know, companies have lots of different types of data. Uh, you know, usually we're thinking about uh, you know, PII, PCI, that kind of thing. But if you think about it, we really have uh, a few different types of data. You know, the first one might be trade secrets. You know, this is Every company has some secret sauce that gives it an advantage over their competitors, right? This might be about their manufacturing processes, could be source code, you know, formulas for a drug, supply chain processes. I mean, there's so many different things that every organization, you know, does maybe a little bit better than their competitors um, that gives them an advantage. Then you've got market data, right? This is all that stuff about, you know, demographics and who's buying what, uh, buying trends and supply chain intelligence and that kind of thing that makes, you know, you, your company able to make good business decisions, right? And then we get into the more of the stuff that we're used to thinking about, which is like your financial data, right? If you're a public company, you know, uh, you've got things that you have to keep secret, like, you know, income and expenditures, profit loss, earnings per share, you know, that type of thing. Then you have, obviously you've got employees, right? And they have names, addresses, ID numbers, salary, benefits, you know, that kind of thing that, uh, you know, the dark web would love to have and would pay dearly for. Uh, but then lastly, we've got customer data, right? This is, uh, you know, arguably maybe the most important thing because our customers trust us, you know, with their data uh, so that we can do business with them. And obviously that's going to have things again, like their name, their address, their purchase history, you know, all of that kind of stuff is going to be there as well. Uh, not to mention, you know, payment information and other sensitive data. So we've got a lot of different types of data that we've got to protect. Um, and because this is kind of really all over the place, right, uh, you know, just having these data and using it for these purposes isn't new. Uh, what's really new is the way that we do it, right? It used to be you had some people in-house, you had a database, maybe you had some software, some of it may have even been homegrown. And what we're seeing now is that people are using, you know, software as a service. Um, and that is really what's driving some of this data to be outside of the company and a little less out of our control. So basically our data is everywhere, but really no matter where it's at, you know, we've got every reason to protect it. You know, we hear about data breaches all the time and, and a lot of those different data sets that you listed obviously are, are prime targets it's almost kind of like, what's the use? You know, why, why do organizations need to worry about protecting the uh, data these days? Yeah, because it's like, it's, it's everywhere. So it's out there anyway. So why bother? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I think the first thing is, in most cases, it's just, it's just the right thing to do, especially when we're talking about other people's data. 
Uh, you know, but aside from that, you know, losing the data, any type of data can be, you know, really painful and, and expensive. Uh, you know, you can have a range of consequences. Obviously, you know, the, the first part is that, you know, you can lose the trust of your employees or your customers, right? Um, they expect us to protect that data. And if we don't, you know, we can lose them. So we can lose customers or we can lose employees, which, you know, that in and of itself is, is you know, maybe reason number one. But you can also lose a competitive advantage, right? If you, you know, if your secret sauce gets out there, how, how you do something, how you make something work, uh, you know, if you've got a, you know, a year head start on somebody and that's able to give you a competitive edge and you give that up, you know, that, that could be the end of your company, right? Uh, we've also got governments and, you know, self-regulatory bodies like, like PCI, for example, uh, that expect us to do this and have some rules so that if, if we want to accept credit cards, for example, there's certain rules you know, that we've got to follow. Um, so if we don't follow these rules, right, if we break trust or we break the rules, you know, there's a whole slew of, uh, of you know, bad things that can happen to us. Obviously, if you're breaking laws and financial regulations, you know, you're going to get, you know, starts with fines and penalties and lawsuits, and then maybe even criminal investigations. Uh, loss of employee data, obviously, you know, uh, your employees might leave. Uh, they might be upset with you. Again, fine penalties, lawsuits, uh, and a difficulty to attract new people and, uh, and and retain good talent. And then maybe on the last one, which would be the customer data, again, fine penalties, lawsuits, but man, the goodwill of your company is uh, is shot and your, your uh, you know customers will just maybe go someplace else. So we've got a lot of reason to protect all of this data you know, and not necessarily just the ones that the government say we have to. Yeah, and you, and you bring up a good point about lawsuits. I mean, there's, I think we see class action lawsuits follow breaches, you know, within a few days uh, these days. So, uh, you know, that obviously can be really, um, really costly. Yeah, it's, so, the, it's the new, uh, it's the new ambulance chasing, right? <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, I mean, the, the cost of that, right, often far exceed any kind of regulatory fine uh, that that organizations get. So how are organizations, uh, how are they typically addressing these issues today? Well, Cal, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to have been a part uh, kind of the, the evolution of the industry over the past few decades, right? So I remember, you know, when organizations first started putting in, you know, email DLP or network DLP, and then we started getting into the web, right? When, when Gmail and Google Drive and, and, and Dropbox started to be a thing, we said, oh man, we got to do something about that. So we installed like some sort of web DLP and maybe that got integrated into our web gateways. Um, obviously the endpoint, you know, especially when people start taking laptops home, um, you know, we don't want them transferring stuff to a USB stick, you know, and dropping it in a parking lot. Uh, and then probably the most recent would be like the cloud DLP where my data is not even passing through a perimeter at all. It's in the cloud. You know, I right click on it and say share and then it goes, right? So it's, it's not even really going over any sort of technology that I, I can do in line. So I'd need something like a CASB. So it's kind of evolved, but in, it's evolved really in a, um, uh, almost like a point solution. So, you know, what ends up happening is that we've got three to five technologies that we've sort of accumulated over the years that does the same thing in maybe different parts of the IT infrastructure, right? And oftentimes, these are managed by employees that have completely different uh, reporting infrastructures, right? Emails managing their own, web is managing their own. You might have a DLP team that's actually managing the endpoint and that kind of thing. It's really 
uh, uh, pretty common. So what this means is that we've got to define, you know, what our sensitive data looks like and where it is in three or five different places. And each of the products is going to work a little differently. Um, and it really ends up being a confusing situation for employees because they don't really know what's allowed and what isn't because the policy often is, is pretty inconsistent. So uh, again, today, really to sum that up, it's, it's a lot of point solutions kind of all over the place. Yeah, and, and what you've described is obviously uh, seems pretty complex. Uh, what can we do to simplify things? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it is definitely complex. And, you know, as we know, complexity leads to higher costs. And probably the bigger issue is, you know, more opportunity for error, right? And as we talked earlier, it's really important to protect this stuff, you know, and people aren't going to take as an excuse as going, hey, it's really hard, right? You know, don't blame us. It's a really hard thing. You know, they might feel bad, but say, hey, pay up anyway, <laughs> or, or I'm going to go to your competitor down the street. Yeah. So it is complex, but you know, and I think it's in our best interest to simplify things because that is going to reduce the probability that we're going to make an error, right? So if, if we look back to when each of these existing products was implemented, you know, we're going to see that the purchasing decisions, they're usually tactical, right? You know, the email team realized, hey, some guy was emailing out all this stuff. We got to solve that. And then somebody was, you know, noticed that somebody was sharing something on Dropbox. And, you know, it's the same story with network and, and cloud and that sort of thing. So we've accumulated these. Um, you know, over time, and we have maybe some solutions, you know, but now uh, data protection is more of a boardroom concept, right? It's a, it's a organizational strategy. And sometimes we'll see even there be their own C-level officer in charge of security and data protection. So really the first step in simplifying things is to have an organization-wide, you know, plain language policy for data protection, right? So what type of data do we have to protect it? Why it needs to be protected? Uh, who can use the data and maybe what are the rules for using and storing the data, right? So once you've got this plain language organization-wide policy, then the different groups can take a fresh look at their, their control matrices and their tooling to see where they've got opportunities to consolidate, right? And consolidating and reducing the number of tools is really going to help us reduce complexity and that the chance that we're going to make a mistake and something's going to slip through. Um, so kind of in recognition of that, over the past few years, you know, vendors have been really consolidating, right? So you've got, where it used to be, you had email, DLP vendors, web, cloud, et cetera. Now it's really starting to consolidate. And we've got a few vendors now that do all of them. And, and actually recognition of this, Gartner um, even collapsed its market segment. So they used to have a, a web gateway and, a, and CASB and they were separate and they had their own magic quadrant and all that. But they've collapsed that into something that they're calling, you know, uh, the, the the security service edge or, or SSE. You're listening to an ISMG podcast brought to you by Sky High Security. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Sky High Security is pleased to release the 2023 Cloud Adoption and Risk Report. Since the global pandemic, more and more organizations are relying on the cloud to manage their remote and hybrid workforces. Whether your organization has a 100% remote, hybrid, or on-site work environment, sharing data in the cloud will continue to grow exponentially. Cloud security needs to evolve at a pace to handle the complexity of monitoring and controlling data flow and persistent challenges like shadow IT. The new reality from a security perspective is that not only do organizations need to know where data is going in order to protect it, but also where it's going in order to keep it from being exfiltrated. 
Download the latest report and findings and discover the right approach to securing data in the cloud, a top-down approach that focuses on the data itself rather than the traditional bottom-up process of starting from where it is stored. Check out skyhighsecurity.com today. Yeah, and obviously we, we've got a lot of organizations out there with separate DLP technologies today. How can they move from this environment to SSE? Well, I, I think the first challenge a lot of times is, is really organizational and the decision-making process within a company, right? Um, if you've got different departments kind of making their own rules for what data needs to be protected and how, um, then you kind of preclude yourself from having any sort of um, you know, platform approach, right? It's, it's, you're kind of boxed into a you know, point solution uh, issue. So I think the first part is to take a look at your decision-making process for how data needs to be protected and also the buying process. Uh, because if every team is left to make its own decisions on what tools it's going to buy, like if the email team decides what email DLP and et cetera, um, then you can end up in that situation with more tools and more complexity than the organization needs, even though there are less complex solutions that probably are going to save you money. So really, in order to reap the business benefits of SSE or consolidation in general, you know, which is going to give you the reductions in cost and reduce opportunity for error, that kind of thing, then we really need to consolidate that decision-making process around data protection um, and tooling. Right. So, for example, you know, the next time maybe one of the, the DLP components, let's call it the web gateway, is up for a refresh or renewal, um, don't just go out and buy a web gateway. Right. Take this opportunity to look at the, the broader needs of the organization and see if you can find uh, an SSE solution maybe that doesn't, it not only meets the web gateway uh, requirements of today, but also satisfies maybe the future needs for email, cloud, and endpoint, you know, when the company is ready to maybe take a look at those as well. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, so any examples of how organizations are making this transition? Oh, yeah, loads of them. I mean, this is really uh, a, a problem across the board. And being on the ISC Squared chapter uh, board for Chicago, uh, I, you know, I get an opportunity to talk to lots of architects and you know, CISOs, and everybody's really trying to tackle this. Um, so it's, it is a little bit of a slow process, but the ones that are having the most success are instead of trying to go right after a product, um, you know, they are going really more at the high level strategy and then making product decisions, you know, kind of at a, a little bit higher level maybe than they used to. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if they want to use their names, they're not going to say it, but it's a, it's a, we'll call it a healthcare organization here in Chicago. Uh, and I'm really good friends with some of the people um, in their IT organization. And they have been for the past, I'll say five or six years, you know, reorganizing their people. And they're just now getting to that point. Um, where they're able to adopt an SSE. So hopefully I'll work with them and uh, they'll, they'll select our SSE. But it is something I see uh, all over the place. I, I can think of another energy company in the same situation, governments as well. Um, you know, even our own defense department here in the United States is doing things like this, where, you know, you've, you know we've got these different armed forces uh, divisions, but some of this makes a lot of sense to uh, to protect because they're all protecting the same ideas, right? The same same state secrets. So they have bubbled up uh, IT security basically to uh, all of the armed services branches. So lots of examples out there um, that that you can look at. 
Yeah, and obviously um, a lot of organizations on different, you know, sort of uh, paths than, uh, you know, uh, steps in the journey. Uh, what about organizations that are just getting started with DLP? What, what are your recommendations for them? Well, it, if you're just getting started, you know, the good news for you is that you can bypass a lot of the pain <laughs> that the rest of us have gone through. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, it, it, the first thing I would say, if you're looking at DLP, is to kind of resist the urge you know, to solve for the elephant in the room right? without considering all of the monkeys. Because it, once the elephant's gone, you know, that monkeys are going to destroy the place. right? So um, often this happens with things like Office 365. You know, maybe the pandemic threw you into Office 365. And it's very tempting. I see a lot of customers saying, hey, we want to solve the Office 365 problem. And, you know, my first question is always, well, do you have other apps? Like, yeah, but we don't want to get to those now, right? We'll deal with that problem later. Um, and if you, if you do that, you kind of end up boxing yourself into that same place where you've got several different data protection products and lots of complexity, because there are ways to solve Office 365 that really only work for Office 365, <laughs> for example. So my advice to the architects out there listening is really, actually, it's going to be the same for everybody. Uh, whether or not you're you're new uh, to, to data protection or you know you're a veteran, is just take a step back and understand what your company needs from a you know really a, a strategic data protection perspective, and then make your tooling choices and your product purchases based on that, rather than just what happens to be you know maybe up for refresh or the thing you're trying to buy today. So take a step back and you know look at the future a little bit. Yeah, great great point. Uh, I'm going to remember that about the elephants and the monkeys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, so we've covered a lot of ground today. Uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, no, that's really it. You know, just it, it, we're we're always here. Obviously, at at, at Sky High, I'm I'm a, a technologist and and lo love to love the chat. So, you know, if anybody wants to chat about these things or or more details on what other folks are doing, you know, go ahead and reach out. I'd be happy to talk. Awesome. Well, this has been really enlightening, uh, Nate. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thanks again for having me. We've been spe speaking with Nate Brady at Sky High Security about protecting enterprise data, part of our podcast series on data protection.